1: Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation, another episode of the BGN Radio podcast here for you today. Rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. It is me leading off the show once again, not Jimmy Kemski, because Jimmy Kemski is still a bum. I really think we have to kind of discuss here if Jimmy is a complete fraud because he missed two Eagles OTA practices. He has no idea what's going on with the team. Um,
0: Does Jimmy not have that dog in him?
1: <laughs> it is a fair question to ask. The voice you just heard is one Seamus Clancy from Philly Voice filling in for Jimmy uh, while he is gone. Seamus, not only from Philly Voice, but of course here at BGN Radio, still Seamus and I were both at. The Eagles second OTA practice, second and final OTA practice open to the media and in general. Like the Eagles aren't not practicing anymore. Tuesday or sorry, Wednesday, June 8th was their last day. So we'll break that all down for you here. But before we get into it all, Seamus, how are you doing, buddy?
0: Doing well. Jimmy's obviously iconic. This will be my second time filling in with him in as many weeks. So hopefully a little bit better this time. I know I'm a BGN radio, the whole network veteran but it's only my second bgn radio proper show so getting a little bit more feel i'll try to get the callbacks better than i did last week but we'll have some fun here talking birds early in the morning
1: it is a little crazy that we're already done with otas it just feels it's weird short (laughs) it's like
0: i just i felt like I, i just got used to going down there and dreading practice observations
1: but we do have some notes to get into before we do i will remind you that bgn radio brought to you by one righteous felon craft Jerky. Go to com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. The same discount code works at WildNaturePet.com. You can use that discount code for 15% off dog treats, which you might need after the storm in Philadelphia last night, Seamus. Did you hear that one?
0: I didn't. I went to bed pretty early because we we're getting up early today. Okay. but. Uh, my parents' dog, who's sort of my dog still. It's that weird situation. I think we talked about it. My dog's been around since I was a senior in high school. Uh, but that dog does not like Thunder or anything like that. So hopefully he was okay last night.
1: I'm watching my friend Becky's dog, Coco. And yeah, she did not like...
0: I didn't know if it was uh Paul, the famous...
1: <laughs> no. Um, I think he does okay with that kind of stuff, but I'm not sure. I never watched him during a storm. But yes, indeed, shout out to Risk It All Paul on Instagram. Great follow. Um, such a sweet boy. He's huge. I make him look like a normal dog, I guess, though, because I am huge as well. It's really a good fit. But, uh, Seamus, enough dog talk. I guess we have OTAs here on BGN Radio episode 251 to talk about. What's your big takeaway from this practice? Because I asked you that question for the first one. We'll get into it for the second one as well.
0: It's a little hard sometimes. It's You don't want to make definitive statements on the smallest of sample sizes. But I thought Jalen Hurts finished practice really well yesterday. That was kind of my headline that I wrote on phillyvoice.com, which you can go check out Both my observations from yesterday, Wednesday, and last week too. Pretty uneven start to practice. And I I tweeted that he was uneven early on. People were saying like, is he throwing incompletions? And it's no, it's seven on seven. It's not a situation where there's going to be a heavy dose of incompletions, but it was just a lot of underneath stuff. Situations where Jalen, his first couple of reads weren't there, holding on to the ball a lot. Situations that might've been sacked or situations that, might have led to him tucking the ball and picking up five, six, seven yards. And that's what we talked about last week a little, right? That he's on a quarterback that's the most fitting for a seven-on-setting session or setting, just given that his uh, traits and his mobility don't get really flash and aren't maximized in that setting. The last handful of throws, really good. And I've, I've, I had him marked down as he threw 16 passes yesterday. He was 14 for 16, but 14 for 16 and seven on seven doesn't mean he's is in the equivalent of 14 or 16 on an NFL Sunday. The last couple of throws were really good. Had that great, great deep ball throw to Quez Watkins. That's something Eagles fans would love to see all season. Quez running as a deep slot guy. I think that's where he could get maximized this season if Hertz's deep ball is improved as as to where it was last season. Uh had another one down there to is that Dion Kane? That's is isn't the next touchdown for him?
1: Uh, John Hightower.
0: John Hightower. Yeah, Hightower had I wrote that too. Uh both from Hertz and Minshew pass. It seemed like he had a really strong uh day yesterday of practice. And then one of my favorite ones, because everyone loves a wheel route, right? Oh, yeah. I always think of that uh, legendary one, I would say. In 2016, uh, Eagles were a Steelers. Carson Wentz hits Darren Sproles with a perfect touch on there. And it reminded me a little bit of that throw. Obviously, way, way different settings, right? But the the touch on the pass was there. Jason Huntley going down the left sideline was a quote-unquote touchdown, as much as a touchdown can be called in a 7-on-7 practice. I, so hurts yeah. Hertz, Hertz kind of taking what the defense is giving you, which isn't exactly what you want from a QB in a seven on seven setting, but last couple of throws ended OTAs on a good note, and I'm sure he's happy with that. Offense was buzzing a little bit. They were slow earlier on, had some energy, partying a little bit. So I think it was good for the offense to end things like that, heading into training camp late next month.
1: I would agree with your characterization, you know, slow start. I thought and, and that's one of my problems with not to take shots at the people who uh, you know, chart the like stats and everything. thats so It's interesting, but it's tough to me when...
0: Fans want to know, right? Fans sure, want to know. yeah,
1: I don't have a problem with it, but it's kind of like just a lot of context can get lost when like, you're marking yeah. down a five-yard completion on a play where Jalen Hurts holds the ball for like 10 seconds and easily would have been sacked probably in real time. Or maybe he breaks out of it, who knows? But like... Point is holding the ball for way too long and still, you know, completing the pass is like it's, it's funny to me to mark that down as like a completion because um, so that happened a couple times and that's concerning to me because that's one of my bigger concerns with him is you know the processing speed, just um, getting the ball out quick, which I thought I, I talked about last week. I thought he did a good job with that. Um, so more mixed results in that regard in this practice. Uh, Finished strong overall. If zooming out, like of just and again, it's only two OTA practices. We're talking about what, like thirty passes or so total. Yeah, that's
0: right. He did he did sixteen today, and I think twelve or thirteen last week. So and like and you know, one game worth of passes for him. Right, the second half of last season against no pass rush. Right. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, and no pass rush, and, like, the corners can't be physical because it's OTAs. They can't get, like, you know, press players and really, you know, get, like, up on their grill. So, yeah, you know, you take it for what it's worth. But overall, I would say Jalen Hurts stock up, which is encouraging going into training camp. no doubt. And then if he continues. To me, OTAs are, like, you know, part of the – them themselves aren't worth a ton in a vacuum, but, like, adding to the bigger picture, they are. Like, if Jalen Hurts looks good in OTAs, and then he stinks in training camp, well, then the OTAs don't really probably mean much. But if he looks good in OTAs and that carries over to training camp, I'm like, okay, maybe there's something here. Like This, this is more of a sample size we're looking at. So for him, stock up, uh, exiting OTAs, that's definitely a good thing. It doesn't mean like I'm totally convinced he's the guy now, but I feel a little bit more optimistic slightly. So that's something um, I, I really do think. I have confidence, I'm, I'm more confidence in his deep ball. Um, he has the ability to do that. I still kind of question, you know, his ability to use the middle of the field. I don't think we saw a ton of that here, although he did have a good completion. Uh, it was short, though, to Dallas Goddard crossing uh, TJ Edwards in tight coverage. It looked like it was going to be a pick, and I, I think there were some throws like that in the first practice, too. Not because they were a bad pass, to be clear, but just because it was such a tight window that I was like, oh, my gosh, did that get picked? But no. Uh, Jalen Hurts fitted in there. So that was encouraging to see. Yeah,
0: he made a couple better of those throws last week. And I think he tried to do that a couple times yesterday. Yesterday being Wednesday. I don't know when you're listening to this. A uh, couple ones where it got broke up to got it over the middle. They kind of ran. I think it was his eighth and ninth pass of the day. It almost seemed like they ran back the same play to see if they could do it. Gets broken up both times. Uh, not the greatest throw from Jalen, probably could use a little bit better ball placement, but still a good play defensively from whenever linebacker was out there. So not something I'm faulting him for too much. But I thought last week he had a couple of throws in tight windows that we didn't see for him last right. year over the middle, middle of the field stuff that was really lacking in his game as a passer. Uh, so, again, we have all the caveats of what a 7-on-7 seven seven practice is like, but encouraging nonetheless
1: there was one pass where he uh threw over the middle to Noah what and that was broken up by anthony harris almost picked off so yeah still kind of a little inconsistent there in that intermediate range uh need to see more out of that kind of transitioning to the coaching uh, and player talk of it all regarding jalen hurts there is a lot of talk about how you know he looks more comfortable in the offense that's something i had you know raised last week in terms of the processing speed so you're, you're getting coaches and players saying that, too, which, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, it's not that they're going to be like, well, actually, he's made no progress or he's, he's worse. Uh, of course, they're... we're terrified he's going to be horrible this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one's saying so that. you take yeah. it for what it's worth. But it's good to hear that kind of stuff. It's, it's not a bad thing. Um, so that's nice to see. Uh, yeah. Overall, Joan Hart's stock up. That's the most important thing. It's the biggest X factor for the team. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, what else stood out to you?
0: What did you think of Aaron Sipos? We saw some special teamwork. <laughs> in And my observations, I called him Cam Johnson. And I was like, I, someone tweeted at me after and was like, how the hell did I do that? Just frantically trying to write observations, kind of the new guy down there. And I was like, damn, that's... I couldn't sleep last night because I called him J- Cam Johnson. Ca- called him Cameron Johnson instead of Aaron Sipos. But Jimmy said this a lot. Jimmy's a punter aficionado. I timed the punts yesterday. The hang times were him in honor of Jimmy. Seemed okay yesterday. His first Punk was completely sh- like a shank that just can't happen in that type of practice setting. I know this is really, uh, you know, the minutiae of the team, but you a little surprised they didn't bring in camp competition for him?
1: I think they're just looking at other veteran options. Um, you know, a bunch- See if someone
0: gets cut, right? Yeah,
1: so a bunch of teams drafted punters this year, including, uh, what's his name, Punk God. Yeah. Um, so, I, I want to punt God really bad. Of course, yeah. So there's, you know, there's going to be guys probably shake free, and I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be taking a close look at those guys and kind of just wait. But yeah, it's still kind of silly to me that you don't at least bring in like I don't know a UDFA punter just to have and kind of keep Sipas like on his toes in camp and just get a look.
0: I don't think competition would hurt him. Maybe it right. helps him, right?
1: So it's not the biggest deal, but I think it would be nice if they had another punter in camp with them. Just feels like they should and kind of put him on notice because he finished the year really bad last year. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at non-special teams. You know, teams. building off the
0: special teams, I think another thing that Eagles fans really love is who's the punt returner. There's always the offensive thing is where fans lead, but I think punt returner there's another element there, especially with the way Jalen Rager really struggled last year just simply fielding punts and the situation that befell him in the playoff game in Tampa. Mm. Uh, we saw Jalen Rager wasn't at practice yesterday from what the media saw. He wasn't at the two media practices, though Nick Sciarani did indicate in his press conference after yesterday's practice that he has had quote-unquote good attendance during this OTA period just hasn't been there the two media days. I don't know if that's necessarily intentional or or what the situation is there, but they had Boston Scott back there. They had Greg Ward back there. They had Kenny Gainwell back there. I'm assuming they had Britton Covey back there. I didn't necessarily notice him, but I did, you know, if he's going to make the team, it's going to be because of him playing a a role as a returner, whether it's punt returns or kick returns. I really want to see him in, in training camp. And I think it's one of those things, again, where Eagles fans might value or talk about the punt returner action a little too much, but uh, my buddy Jeff McDevitt saying that he's the new DeAndre Carter, a guy we they wished uh, the Eagles would have kept. He's still a returner in this league, has a little bit of juice. Uh, Dallas Goddard actually gassed him up a little yeah. bit in his after-practice session. I, ma- I made sure to tell some people that were really rooting for Covey to have a role in this team as a returner this year. So he's the guy I'm going to keep my eye on as we get to training camp. And uh, I don't know wh- how exactly special teams works in those joint practices that they'll have in Miami and Cleveland, but... Three preseason games to show some juice, show some electricity. I'd like to see him make a name for himself this summer.
1: The Covey thing was a little interesting because usually when you ask a player that, I feel like they're want to go with a guy from their own room, you know, like maybe another tight yeah. end or something. He could have said like Grant Calcaterra, and it might not have even been true, but just because. Or Jack
0: Stoll, whatever. Yeah, because yeah.
1: he's like a new guy or it's his buddy or whatever. Like that's, that would be pretty common for players. But he picked someone from different room. Uh, still you know a pass catcher but still it was it was interesting to see Goddard highlight Britton Covey so that's that's definitely worth filing away I still wonder you know about his ability to play wide receiver um, I don't think he can play wide receiver now. I yeah might, I think that might I've be I've been wrong might, numerous times might, about numerous things might be tough um, that projection is looking a little tougher but yeah maybe as a punt returner he can find a way to to stick get on the team uh, keeping it with smaller guys I guess Kenny Gainwell had a nice play to end practice where he caught a ball, I believe, short, and kind of got to the, the – turn the corner on the defense. So that was good to see. But he did have a really bad – like
0: That looked like Hertz's first read, right? A couple of Hertz throws, there there were immediate throws were sort of in the flat or underneath uh, throws, which I thought was a little odd maybe. I don't know if odd's the right word because, you know, during the season they are practicing. They will have plays like that that were short design. So a guy like Gainwell, hopefully he can scatter around. I know he's pretty good in the open field, can make a five, six yard pickup, but thought a little strange that those plays almost seemed designed to have be short gains in that setting.
1: He had a really bad drop in the flat at one point, which earned a lot of ribbing from his teammates. Um, so that wasn't great. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned the
0: greatest throw from Jalen, but it should have been caught.
1: Yeah, should have been caught. Uh, I think you mentioned Jalen Rager still wasn't there. Devontae Smith and AJ Brown also weren't there, if you didn't mention that already uh which is i didn't they were there
0: last week though for clarification yes they
1: were there last week so that's kind of stinks just from a, a juice standpoint not as exciting yeah uh Hunter cox was there which is worth noting because he was not at practice last week not that like he super needs it but just still i i, I was we talked about it here i felt like he should be there after the kind of season he had last year um yeah uh john hightower came back he kind of low-key had a good practice which is important for yeah. him yeah
0: yeah, I said unofficial MVP of the day, John Hightower. He kind of had, uh, you know, Dion Kane and Jared Maiden had really strong practices last week. And we guessed him up a little bit. Hightower is the end of the roster guy that I think really stood out yesterday.
1: He really uh, ate up, I would say. Or wait, no. Is that, I, I'm looking at my notes here. He really, uh, he shook I said that to you during practice too. Do you not read
0: your own handwriting?
1: <laughs> I have it written down in here my notes app, um, but I was looking at a different part. There was a different part where Zach Paschal, and we will get to him. Or I guess I'll mention him now. He was back at practice, and uh, I thought he looked yeah. good. I thought he did some good things. Nothing yeah. like overly flashy, but he just looked like an NFL wide receiver. Like he, he looks solid in the yeah, slot. Yeah, I think
0: he's a. Uh... Upgrade on Greg Ward for the Greg oh, yeah. Ward vibe. I for think sure, he's an upgrade for that.
1: Yeah, he just like again nothing special about him, but just like competency. Like like oh yeah, that guy is like yeah. an NFL player. He's credible. Um, Hightower, meanwhile, he shook Zach McPherson, who I guess may have had just bad leverage on that play or like a bad angle, or just give credit to John Hightower if they're making like a short catch um and like stuck his foot in the ground ran the opposite way and mcpherson had to like flip his hips and get turned around um so good job by hightower there and then you met we already mentioned the deep touchdown uh reception from jalen hurts and then he also had the celebration to the uh isn't that um uh the key and peel the celebration the what's his name uh you know like the thrust thing i didn't see the celebration okay yeah he was like doing the thrust thing um okay cool and then i like that energy the rest of the team there's a flag some penalties i don't care about the penalty yeah. there yeah he did get a flag but that's fine you know um in the in practice setting I think that's
0: good that's a good energy for the team to yeah. get a flag for something like that in practice
1: uh, i mean doug always doug peterson always had the eagles like he encouraged them to celebrate in practice um and you should because he wants them you know have fun like have fun that's part of the thing here especially in otas yeah. like it's not even training camp like it's it's a lighter a bit vibe. Of a drag yeah. So um, that's, I think, mm, is that all I had in the offense? I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, yeah. Pascal uh, also had another catch against McPherson. So maybe not the best day for, for Zach McPherson. Um, Gardner Minshew got picked off at one point. Maybe we can flip over to Yeah. You, it was Dave. a
0: nice play from, I believe, Maiden. It was Kaiser uh, got White. His hand on it was a tip. It was Kaiser yeah, White. Yeah. Because
1: okay. um, uh, Davion Taylor credited uh, Kaiser oh, White. Oh, yeah. So it can't be yeah. them
0: both. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense.
1: But, yes, uh, Kaiser White tipped off a pass short. I don't know if it was – it seemed like not the best throw. Um, Wasn't, like, exactly on target. But, anyway, Kaiser White broke it up, and Davion Taylor basically, like, had a pick six, uh, grabbed the ball out of the air.
0: Yeah, like, I, I love saying that a play offensively is a touchdown in 7-on-7 seven seven the same <laughs> way, like, oh, that was a, that was a pick six, even though it kind of gets – uh rung up like that like obviously there's there six offensive linemen or whatever waiting for him or like offensive line and tight end combined on that play
1: my guy a real game one of my last things I guess on offense my guy Jason Huntley Sheamus, who I love way too much
0: you, you got the Huntley stock here you're, you're buying all the Huntley stock
1: he had a really good catch on that wheel route that we mentioned earlier big play down the left sideline. he slipped but I mean I'm gonna blame that on the field uh like it would have been a touchdown but he slipped um,
0: they have really nice death in the backfield no one is unbelievable even though we, we always say Miles Sanders is uber talented but I, I, I talked to Zoe about this on odds and end and they've said from the bleachers just super talented but just there's something off where he's not this the player I think he can be and I'm not trying to slight Miles he's been a huge contributor over the last few years had some great games in 2018 2019 uh, some big performances last year too but uh, not a true bell cow guy but all the way down the depth chart, there's talent there, even though maybe they're not, you know, Boston Scott and, Ke- and Jason Huntley, not stars or anything, but maybe could be number twos in other squads and are really good in their roles here. On top of Kenny Gainwell, who I was really high going into the draft last season, I was surprised the Eagles weren't in a position to take him. And I think he has a lot, lot, lot of juice. And I'd like to see him get some opportunities as a returner, if it isn't a guy like Britton Covey back there.
1: So, why don't we take a break here and then we'll get to, I guess, some of the more defensive notes and maybe anything else we have here. But before we do, Seamus, let me tell you about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. And you can find out more about her by going to RoachRealtors.com. I don't have the phone number memorized somehow, even though I do this podcast with Jimmy like weekly typically. And he says 867
0: is the first three digits.
1: Okay. Yeah. I don't know the phone number. I tried
0: to, I saw her at the Philly Voice draft party. Yes. And I was like, Oh yes, the song. And she was a little confused. And I was like, "Oh no, I like I have, I have your phone number memorized in my head."
1: Um, it's funny how I don't. Uh, but it's funny. Did you call her Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors? Because that's what I always have in my mind. I cannot. I don't think call I did. That. Okay, <laughs> I
0: just said just introduce myself quickly.
1: Uh, I put up the website here, and if I'm not mistaken, it is eight five six nine zero six nine two seven. Nine five. So that's, Nine once five. again, 856-906-9295 if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house. Or if you're just looking, you know, for advice or anything, just, con- you know, it's free to contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. And again, you can go to the website, too, um, to check out And we'll have to
0: contact her soon.
1: Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so um, do that. And also check out Righteous Felon Craft Turkey by going to RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. It's the real deal. It's the snack you need in your life. Summer's coming up here, and it's basically here. You're going to the beach. You're going hiking, whatever. Whatever you're doing, you're going to need some Righteous Felon craft jerky to accompany you, and you can get some at a discount and help support the podcast and help support a local business and help yourselves to a snack that the Eagles themselves, Seamus, have there at the nova care complex oh, training facility yes um they are one of four nfl teams who uh purchase from righteous felon craft jerky so why not get yourself do the-
0: you know the others
1: i do uh i believe it is the lions the chargers and the steelers
0: but uh i assume the steelers because of the the state connection but that's cool so yeah Your boy justin herbert munching on some righteous felon my guy um.
1: Yeah, so BGN15 is the discount code, and again, the same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com. Maybe you're vegan, whatever, or you don't like jerky, whatever the case is, If and if you don't, and if you don't have a dog also, then you're probably just a jerk, Um. but you probably either eat meat or you have a dog, and if you do have a dog, then you can get your dog treats at wildnaturepet.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off. They are not just any dog treats, they are you know designed specifically i believe to be like a little bit healthier and more nutritional for your dog
0: they're they're good for my dog bruce what we were talking about earlier my dog slash my parents dog Uh, a little older has a lot of allergies that that can befall him with traditional treats but they have a really nice variety there they have sweet potato treats and salmon based treats which are the really only things that you can get so you have a dog that might have some health issues really good option for you there better than, you know, walking into maybe PetSmart or right. like an, an Acme or CVS trying to find something on the quick.
1: Yes. Yeah. Not just like a bunch of, you know, stuff that you don't even know what it is in there. It's like real ingredients and everything. So go check that out if you haven't already. All right, Seamus, we will be back after this.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Back here in BGN Radio, Seamus nailed the throw to break this time. Congrats to him. Good job by him.
0: F-minus last week, A-minus today.
1: I mean, in fairness, I didn't prep you at all, but I wanted to see if uh, you caught on. Uh, It was actually a test to see how how closely you listened to (laughs) to the episodes. Uh, Let's go to the defense. Uh, I already mentioned some of the things, but uh, did anything stand out to you on that side of the ball?
0: It's a little hard when there's no pass rush, right? And it's just kind of a, you know what you want to say, a back seven type of situation. So nothing really stood out to me. The one play is the Kaiser White tip to, um, that leads to the Davion Taylor interception. Davion Taylor spoke to the media yesterday. That was the, kind of the first time I've heard him speak to the media. Uh, I was a little surprised that he got, you know, thrown out there. I don't want to say thrown out there like he was uh, unwilling to go out there and talk to the media. But maybe that interception uh, led him to do that and... You know he's a guy that people have been critical of. I would say I am not necessarily on a personal level, but just hey, they drafted this guy in the third round. Uh, you know, missed out on a lot of experience or in his life playing football, and really hasn't been able to get out there. I know he had a hard injury situation last year. Now the linebacker room is a little more crowded. He spoke about that at practice, especially you know everyone's gunning for Nakobe Dean. Mm. Thinks he's going to guy that's going to go in there and you know make a couple of Pro Bowls over the next half dozen oh. years, and maybe that's realistic. Uh, but there is some a lot of competency in that room. I'll say. I won't say there's a lot of, you know, star power, but between uh what TJ Edwards has illustrated to be, you know, a starting caliber linebacker in this league over the last couple of years, Sean Bradley's been a contributor over a couple different different uh, facets of the game, special teams defensively too. And then we have Davion Taylor here, who's still, this is will be his third season. Still a bit of a question mark for the birds.
1: You brought up Nakobe Dean. I don't think I noticed him in OTAs at all, right? Like, I don't think he... Did, did
0: anything? he play? Like, was he on the field? I'm not even trying to be like Joe. I didn't know if he was, like, not taking part in 7 on 7.
1: So I can't even answer that with 100% certainty. Like, I can't me, even. Me neither, yeah. But I did. I mean, I, <laughs> I was I was talking to, you know, our good friend John McMullen of Birds 365. Him and, you know, Jody Mack do that show.
0: And Philly Voice. Yes. Uh, freelance contributor. Eagles column every Monday from John McMullen on Philly
1: Voice. And he had mentioned Jacoby Stevens and Jacoby Dean were yeah. together. So Jacoby and Jacoby which is funny, but, um, so yeah, so I guess he noticed that, but I didn't notice anything and that's fine. It's not like, well, Nekobe Dean is terrible because he didn't make any plays in OTAs, but still I think that kind of speaks to the fact that, um, like, I don't know that it's like a guarantee that he's their week one starter and also like a difference maker yeah, from yeah. the jump. Like it could take a little bit of time, especially if Kaiser White is gonna be, you know, like making a big play, that's only gonna raise his stock. And I think the team likes DJ yeah. Edwards a lot. And Davion Taylor is, you know, still around in the mix. So, you know, and, and that's fine. Again, it doesn't have to be D'Kobe Dean week one starter or else he's a failure. But I'm just saying, like, it's you know, either and also this setting doesn't necessarily lend to N'Kobe Dean's strengths because I think he has under yeah. Underrated value as a pass rusher, and you know he's not really allowed to blitz like rest of the passer in this setting at all. So you know there's some caveats there, and we'll see. We'll get a better sense of him in training camp. But I just think it's worth noting that didn't really see anything from him uh, at all. Uh, Elsewhere on the defense, I think it's probably worth noting that Derek Barnett was in there for a seven on seven rep, which is interesting because that was not as a defensive lineman clearly. Because There is no defensive lineman or offensive lineman in a 7-on-7 seven seven setting other than the center snapping the ball. So um, maybe that's like a little bit of a, a tell that Derek Barnett's going to have a modified role this year. Do you buy Like the same,
0: I guess. With Well, they're crowded with the pass rushers now besides the interior defensive line, which is talked about a lot because of the strong depth there. Last year you had three guys who are really good, I think, in terms of Fletch. Obviously not as good as he was maybe in 27, 2018, but still competent. Pretty good player in the NFL. Javon Hargrave had a really, really strong start to his year. I thought Milton Williams came on late, a guy I was really into in the draft last year, a third-round pick. Maybe Tom Donahue uh, Eden crow a little bit, the way he flashed at the end of the season. And obviously the big acquisition, their first-round pick they trade off for Jordan Davis. So defensive tackle situation, they're stacked there. But they did bring up depth here uh, in terms of passers from the outside. You're going to have Hassan Reddick and that Sam off-linebacker role that's going to be rushing the passers frequently. You have Brandon Graham coming back after missing, you know, 16, 17 weeks last season after his Week Two injury against the 49ers, and then Josh, what has this new deal and you know performed pretty well last year and has steadily improved over the course of his career. So where does Derek Barnett fit in that? And it might be a situation he's back here on a one-year deal. He just has to do what the team tells him to do and, and try to find a new role to be here in the future. He, he's obviously not the guy they necessarily envisioned him being when they took him with the 14th overall pick in 2017. The first-round pick isn't this uh consistently very good pass rusher, so. The situation where he needs to play more Sam Spell uh Hassan Reddick there in situations. I don't know if that's the, necessarily the right fit for him, but uh props to him and props to Gannon and Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator, for trying to do something different. And if there's a time to work out the kinks with that, it's OTAs, training camp, joint practices throughout the summer.
1: Yeah, I think it was only one rep. It's not like he's out there a yeah, the lot. We're but
0: making a mountain out of a molehill it's, here. it's but
1: it's interesting, and it's it's a different look. Maybe chose to or it speaks to Jonathan Gannon being a little bit more creative. Um, The other only defensive note, I guess I have left is Marcus Epps, I thought was in position to blow up a short throw at one point. You know, if that was a real game, he would have probably taken the guy's head off, Um, but it it was a practice. So he let up, but the defense got really excited about that one because he was right in position to make like a big hit kind of a little bit of a hospital ball there from Jalen hurts. But um, so, you know, you know, Epps flashing
0: is better than not at all especially given the question marks at safety um uh some guy keeps emailing me about marcus Epps. <laughs> he just like randomly emailed me he goes do you think they're going to upgrade at safety and i'm like probably not i think they really like marcus Epps." And, and then he was acting as if i said marcus Epps was kind of like the next brian dawkins mm. and he was like the the anointed marcus eps in your view it's like Dude, like I, I think he's an NFL player, and I just know the team likes him and they're com- they're confident that they can he can be a starter this year. And I don't know. It seems like everyone hates defensive backs, right? That's kind of the one of the tropes of Philadelphia fan base. I'm not you know criticizing Eagles fans for that. It's easy to get upset about those aspects of the game, but uh, guy he could be pretty good this year. I'm not saying like very good, uh, but one or one or two bad plays are going to happen. He's going to get blown up on social media, right?
1: Elsewhere in the secondary, uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., who's one of the like billion quarterbacks competing for a roster spot behind the starters, uh, had a really nice pass breakup at one point after the receiver had, I forget who it was, but they had the ball in their hands and he like knocked it out. It wasn't a fumble because he didn't establish possession, but he just knocked it right out. So that was a really good yeah, play by him. Good play. Um, so, you know, again, take that for what it's worth. Okay. I think that does it for the notes for me. Did you have any, anything else?
0: now it, it's weird we don't have a ton of talk about it. obviously besides the small sample size we're not out there for an extended period of time watching practice so there are only so many things that we can actually talk about
1: did you have anything from the press conferences at all we heard from nick sirianni we heard from dallas goddard we heard from fletcher cox and we heard from isaac sumalo i think and davion taylor
0: yeah the sumalo situation is interesting mm. i guess uh Is he going to be the right guard this year? I I don't know because we haven't seen the real, you know, 11 on Revan first team reps as he was out there. But uh, at this point, we just assume that he's the starting right guard. I think that feels fair. Uh, He was the starter at left guard last year. Obviously, Lennon Diggerson, I thought had a really, really strong rookie season. Jimmy Kemski, obviously, who I'm filling in and also from Philly Voice had an article uh, today, saying who are the five breakout candidates for the birds this year, and the top one that he listed was Landon Dickerson. I definitely agree with that. So he's pretty entrenched at left guard, I think. And even as the situation where Kelsey retires, I would keep him at left guard there. They have Cam Jurgens now. I don't think they would start Cam Jurgens at right guard right away. Maybe it's the situation as the season develops, there's an injury there, he can slot in there. But they do have options there between Sayamalu and then Jack Stoll and not Jack Stoll, Jack Driscoll, who they like a lot and. Again, Jurgen's I, I would assume if everyone's healthy, everything plays out that he's the starting right guard, but there's more question marks surrounding his future than there's ever been. Uh, it was a little
1: weird to me, not weird in a bad way, but like Isaac smell is usually pretty quiet. It's a little surprising to me that he even spoke, but I guess, you know, a lot of media members yeah. were requesting him to hear from him because he's, you know, in an interesting position um, moving, you know, changing positions from left guard to right guard here. And he said, quote, uh, uh, definitely still ongoing when asked about his rehab process. So I don't even think he's like a hundred percent yet. And also he was asked if he's going to be like a hundred percent ready for training camp. And he didn't say yes. He was like, I plan to be like, he hopes to be, he is trying to beat. I think based on what he had to say, it seemed like the med- he's
0: trying to outrush yes. the medical staff, right? He, was, he kind of didn't say that specifically, but sort of hinted that, Uh, The medical staff wasn't going to say he's ready for training camp, but he wants to be ready for training camp. And I get that. That's what he wants to be. Every player wants to get on the field and prove themselves, especially in a situation where he lost his starting job. Like that's the worst possible situation for any player getting hurt, comes back next year or even three weeks later, whatever. That job's gone for him. It's Landon Dickerson for the next handful of years, unless there's an injury, he fills in there. But he lost that job.
1: He also said it has, quote, been an adjustment for sure, moving from left to right guard. So he didn't, like, downplay that it was, like, you know, seamless and there's, like, definitely no, you know, uh, challenge to it at all. He said he's been leaning on Brandon Brooks for advice at that spot, which makes sense. And he said he's excited about it. But I definitely thought the tone of his uh, press conference was interesting because it was almost like he was, like, manifesting. This is my job. Like I am going to come back and I am going to prove. I like that he spoke up about it. yeah it was i think i think it was good it was good energy from him but i just thought that was a little interesting it's not exactly perfectly in character for him he's more subdued typically but i think he is kind of like again putting it out there like hey this is my job and i'm gonna prove it he's 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 that he's that kind of energy he definitely seems motivated you want
0: every player to think that sure. you want every player to think that and again we talk about this offensive line there's a lot of true true good depth there and you know if you're an eagles fan you want those guys to be playing and acting like that so I think that's a plus obviously we don't know exactly what his role could be this season but you know thumbs up for him for speaking up I don't I don't know you know it it sounds weird I'm not trying to talk down him like he's a you know a kid in grade school raising his hand to answer a question in class but I'm happy he had the demeanor I guess is a better way of saying it that he wants to prove himself both to the team media fan base whatever it may be that he's ready to take back a starting job this season.
1: I think the important thing to take away is that like he's being he's he's honest about his situation. I think he knows yeah you know, he missed so he played in what like twelve games or whatever the past two seasons or nine games, and he knows he has to prove himself. It's not just like hey I'm coming back and I am given this like I know I need to go out there and and really prove to the team that I am still really good starter or I'm starter quality. And he can't just, like, rest on his laurels and simply have his job be handed to him. And that's good. Yeah, again, the hunger thing, um, you like to see that kind of mindset. Uh, Just honest. I think it's always important for players to be honest with themselves. Uh, I usually tend to believe those players to figure things out. Like, Miles Sanders, to me, in the past, has, like, given that vibe that he knows, like, he's had some shortcomings, Whereas, just for example, Jalen Rager has very much not been honest with himself in a lot of ways and kind of doesn't give me the confidence that he is going to improve because he doesn't seem to think that he's having as many issues or they're his fault as much as they really are. So, and that doesn't always mean everything, but it is encouraging to me that when a player is kind of honest and be like, yeah, uh, they they just call it like they see it on their end. So, um, yeah, that's all I had from the presser. Sirianni, I don't think said anything too great. He dapped up all the media members. Um, which is funny yeah
0: he, uh, he was nice he and my first time interacting with yes. him he you knows fist bumping all the media members and said new face and I was like hey I'm Seamus Clancy I'm filling in for Jimmy Kempsey which I thought was nice of him obviously he knows what he's doing buttering up the media sure. or giving everyone a nice fist bump but still I'm a human being and it was nice to be recognized and not just uh what I, I told Ashley my dad uh Chip Kelly probably wouldn't have asked that of me he no said, new face and introduced no himself. definitely so, not uh, plus for Nick Good for him for working the media, uh, greasing us off a little bit, whatever you want to say. Uh, likes to talk a lot. Not that I didn't know anything about that, but uh, cool interaction, and I think he speaks candidly, at, at least. Yeah,
1: he's he's funny. He's a funny guy. He's genuine. He's authentic, I believe. Genuine is a good way of saying it, yes. Um, like, that's him. You know, that, that's, that wasn't Chip. If Chip was doing that, it would not be, <laughs> it would not be him. I'd be uncomfortable <laughs> yes. pumping
0: fists with Chip Kelly.
1: Uh, I guess the biggest takeaway I had from Nick is that he, again, spoke to Jalen Hurts being more comfortable, said he knows where to go with the football quicker. He also talked about, like, the coaches having a better sense of what Jalen Hurts likes and kind of being able to cater to that more. And then also he Sirianni talked about the whole play calling thing with Steichen, uh, you know, obviously taking over those duties, but also kind of made sure to really add the context of it's not like Steichen is out there, like, going rogue and like just calling plays like they haven't, yeah. you know, like Sirianni very much still involved in the process of, you know, putting those plays that Steichen is ultimately calling in for the game. So he's, you know, Sirianni is still having like a, a major role in the play calling process as a whole. Um, you know, he's narrowing it down to like, what, whatever, let's say like 10 plays or whatever that are being called It's just Steichen is picking one of those specific plays at a given moment. Um, so just adding more context there um yeah anything else from him
0: yeah I don't have any qualms with what he's doing I think uh maybe wise in a way stepping back a little bit but he's obviously still so involved in the game plan to think that he doesn't have any say whatsoever and what Steichen is specifically calling is is foolish so we'll see how it plays out over the first couple weeks of the season I'm sure if you know they lose in week two when they're one and one or you know if they lose in week one and they're one and one there will be critics out there for saying, "Oh, he gave up playcon and Steichen should be calling or be fired and all that crazy stuff, but honest and open about it, that's all you can ask for really, and we'll see how it unfolds come uh September.
1: All right, well, the Eagles are off until training camp begins the They announced the players will be reporting on july twenty sixth in years past. So back in the day, like way back in the day, the Eagles used to have availability for Eagles report to training camp kind of day. We'd get the players coming in on their way into the facility and talk to them. Haven't really done that. Obviously the pandemic was a factor, um, but maybe even before that in a bunch of years. So we might not really get to see practice until that first day or two after they report, but it'll be full go at that point. And that's really when the season begins truly, because it will be training camp and then I'll roll into the preseason games. Well, those joint, practices which are kind of the real preseason games now especially for the eagles since they won't be playing their starters much for really if at all in the preseason games and then the regular season here will be here before you know it um but in the meantime we have a bit of a dead zone here we'll still have again plenty of content for you on bleeding green nation.com and the podcast feed here as well so don't go anywhere still a lot of good shows you know the nfc mixtape isn't going anywhere seamus i'm sure from the bleachers and odds and Enzos aren't going anywhere
0: yeah, we dropped an episode of from the bleachers. I had uh, Mark Henry from Fox, not the wrestler. Of, no, no. Uh, so we'll definitely be pumping out content all summer long. Even though we have this, as you said, a little bit of a dip.
1: What are you going to be doing during the break? Or obviously, a lot of things. It's a, it's like over a month. But is there anything that you're really looking forward to during this break?
0: Not not crazy or anything. I'm still it's still gonna be busy for me and just work wise. They're still pumping out articles the same way you are. So it's not like I'm getting a true vacation or anything like that. Uh, nothing really lined up this month. I have a tattoo two tattoo appointments I'm excited for. Ooh. Maybe I'm gonna hit the shore a couple times, you know, fourth of July weekends. Uh, seeing the third eye blind and taking back Sunday and concert July nice. fifteenth at the Man center, so those are the things I'm looking for. Anything for you? Any trips? Anything fun?
1: Well, what beach are you gonna go to, first of all? Important question here. Uh Avalon. Okay. Oh Avalon. wow. Down in uh a...
0: we don't have a place in Avalon, but it's a you know, spot, you know, in between Avalon and Seattle, one of those big campground complexes, kind of a you know, one floor home or whatever you wanna say. Uh
1: nice flex by you, Avalon, nice spot to be.
0: Um Yeah, I don't for people wondering, I do not have a big <laughs> ocean front house in Avalon. I have uh, a home that's a few miles away from Avalon in a short drive.
1: Seamus has this put on that, you know, he's just like, you know, this blue collar. Yeah, I'm the South Graiser,
0: but I'm 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 soaking it up, <laughs> you know, in my pool that's a two foot walk to the beach in Avalon.
1: Uh as listeners know, uh and as Jimmy Kemsky knows, more of an LBI. I'm an LBI guy, really like L B I. Um, so I already went there. Uh, like right before Memorial Day weekend, tried to get in before the rush, a little bit you know cheaper of a stay. And uh, yeah, that was a nice time. Um, Hope to go back. Hope to go to a couple beaches, as I brought up on the NFC East mixtape, but I will also bring up here, and then again, probably on next week's BGN Radio, because I want to keep getting as many recommendations as I can. I'm going to San Diego at the end of the month here. So looking forward to that. I've already gotten some great recommendations from loyal listeners so uh if you
0: weather food i imagine yes incredible
1: um so keep sending them my way if you have any um obviously love the food recommendations but if you have any activity stuff too i'm I'm open to, to all suggestions i might not do it but i will take your information and compile it and sort through to see what's the best i always like to when like you know multiple people recommend one thing because it's like oh okay then that thing might be legit so Uh, I appreciate those. If you can keep sending them to me on Twitter or Instagram, DM is a good place to reach me uh, at Brandon Gowton. You can also email me, Brandon. at SB That's another place where you can reach me. Uh, I should probably mention here, Seamus, that it is June 9th as we were recording this. And on June 13th, there is the possibility of a work stoppage at Vox Media across the board. So yep. um, if you would like to see that not happen, you can contribute by going to um, the WGAE link for, uh, to, to write a letter to Vox CEO Jim Bankoff, and you know, kind of tell him that you would like to see the lights kept on here at not only just BGN, but across the board on the Vox Media Network. Um, so you can, you can help us do that if you would like to do that. Uh, not mandatory, but you can, if you would like to do that, Um, uh, we would appreciate that. So hopefully there is no work stoppage and we can continue to provide you with great content. So appreciate that. Uh, again, I'm on social media at Brandon Gowton. You can check out BleedingGreenNation.com for our articles, the Nation podcast feed, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Righteousfellum.com is the place you want to go for the best meat snacks in the entire universe as voted on by God. You can check out uh wild dot com as well. B- discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off dog treats. You can check out Kristen Roach, RoachRailers dot com and go use the phone number on the website there. Um Seamus is on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. Check his work out at phillyvoice.com. Anything else, Seamus?
0: yeah so, enjoy this little break, and we're going to get really after it this season. We're very excited for what we have cooking both of us on our respective uh, platforms.
1: Should be exciting. Should be a good Eagles season, at least on paper. Vibes are looking good, and nothing matters more than the vibes, as I always say. So, stay tuned everything. We'll be back next week with a BGN radio. Jimmy will be back next week. Um, so, I will.
0: You won't have to listen to me. <laughs> That's
1: not true. You still have to listen to Seamus on From the Bleachers. You have to. And odds and end zones. So Jimmy will be back here on BJN Radio with me. Um, We also still have the mixtape and everything for you. Which little peek behind the curtain. I'm actually recording with RJ today, Seamus, because nice. uh, He
0: my my Twitter friend. Yes,
1: he's going on uh, vacation next week. So uh, so the the again Eagles going away for a little bit, but the content machine keeps on rolling. It doesn't stop. So uh, thank you all for listening, and we will be back with you next week forget what I have to say. This is where, Seamus, you say goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N